This is Camp Code, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. Camp Code is dedicated to helping you create and facilitate the most effective leadership training so we as an industry can raise the bar for professionalism and preparedness of our staff. You can find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and directors at camphacker.tv. Welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. This podcast is dedicated to what many camp professionals believe to be the most important time at camp, no matter what you call it, staff training, orientation, or leadership training. This critical time period prepares your staff to fulfill all the promises that you make to parents and customers throughout the rest of the year. And I'm really thrilled for the crew we have gathered today, and so I'm going to let them introduce themselves, so we'll start with Beth. Hi, I'm Beth Allison. I'm co-owner of Camp Hacker and one of the founders of Go Camp Pro. I was an executive director of Five Children's Summer Camps in Muskoka, um, Ontario, Canada for 15 years. And now I am a consultant with my husband, Travis. And of course, my big passion is leadership training and building self-esteem. Great. Thanks, Beth. Gab. And my name is Gabrielle Rail, and I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Waro. Uh, camp Waro is an all-girls camp in the Laurentian Mountains, and we focus on creating a positive girl community. Fantastic. And I'm Ruby Compton. I'm the Western North Carolina Program Director at Muddy Sneakers. We're an environmental education program uh, for public school fifth graders, taking them outside and teaching them science. And we have a special guest joining us for this episode, and that's Chantal. You want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. Hello, my name is Chantal Jackson, and I am just, well, I've been a camp director at uh, the Karen family of camps for about nine to ten years, and then a longtime staff member there, and have a passion for people and a passion for what this kind of industry can do for everyone involved, really. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, we're so excited that you're here. Me too. Uh, Yay! <laughs> Yay! Well, so our topic today is something that I'm sure has happened to all of us at some point in our careers, uh, and that topic is training employees who know more than you. So Beth is going to tell us a little bit more about why we chose this topic. Well, I think, Ruby, you hit the nail on the head. We all wind up in this category many times in our camp careers and in whatever career we're in, really. And If we're really thoughtful about it and intentional with our words and our ideas and our plans, it can be a really positive learning experience for us and for our staff, which of course is our jobs, rather than that kind of negative experience where we all kind of wind up feeling out of place or frustrated or unable to move camp forward. So we thought it was a great topic to discuss today. Right on. Well, so our first topic to, or our first question is, what do you consider must-dos when training employees who have more knowledge about the organization than you do? So perhaps you're coming into um, a, a position where you're new to the camp or to the organization and you have folks who, uh, who just have been there a lot longer than you are. And I know some of us actually probably have experience on either side of this, like having a new director coming in or being that new director. So I'd love to, to speak to both sides for as far as what advice we have to offer. So Beth, can we start with you? Yeah, sure. Um, I think I have to start by saying that what we need to do, because this is what I did when I came in new, um, was to resist that natural inclination to put our heads down and work harder so that we could master that new situation. Um, We don't want to make the mistake that I did my first year directing, which was assuming that I could learn it all or I could do it all by myself just because I was a relatively smart person and I was a hard worker. We can't know everything ever. 
um, but especially when you're the one arriving at the new place. And we shouldn't know everything. One of our most important purposes at camp is to constantly give opportunities for growth and always offer those teachable opportunities. So if we did do it all, even if we could, even if we didn't sleep ever or you know, just a little bit more than we usually did, um, how would that benefit our people in any way? They're there to learn to become leaders, not just at camp, of course, but in their communities and out in the greater world. So it never is our role to know it all and to do it all on our own. So uh, I think that's a piece of advice I would give out just to make sure people don't make the same mistake I did my first year directing because um, it just kind of burnt me out and it was not healthy for anybody. Um, I think it will come as no surprise to anybody who has listened to our podcast that I think the single most important thing to do is focus on building relationships and a strong supportive community in this situation. So all that effort that we put into building those relationships with our camper clients and their families, we just have to apply those exact same skills to our colleagues and to the people who work for us. So spending that time face-to-face -face as much as possible, but using technology to our advantage when we can't get it this time of year, um, and getting to know our people as individuals long before they arrive at camp to live with us for the summer is incredibly crucial. And I would do that in teams as well, like get together with your waterfront team or your adventure team or your leadership team, whatever you've got going on at your camp. And if you can get together at camp this time of year, if that's possible, then do that. And if not, you know, pick a place in the city um, and get their input. I would feed them, of course. Camp people always love to be fed. Uh, maybe do some fun activities, but set aside that time for them to teach you what they know. Um, let them know what you want to learn, why you want to learn all about camp, um, what it means to them, what they see as their role and their mission, and then sit back, listen, ask lots of questions, and learn. Um, and I think my last point there would be, of course, front load all of this with them prior to their meetings with you so that they know why you're doing it and so they can prepare if they want to, like getting photos ready or time to think about what they want to share. It could be that nobody's ever asked them these questions before, so we don't want to put them on the spot and we don't want them to be suspicious of the new guy um, and why we're asking questions, but just make sure that you're asking for their advice, um, for their best tips and tricks about camp, for everybody to have a successful summer, including you. So I'd start there. It's a great starting point. Awesome. Uh, I'm gonna hand it over to Match. Match, what advice do you have? Um, I, well, very, quite similar to Beth, um, shockingly, um, I think that it's such a cool opportunity, really, uh, when you're training employees who know a ton more than you do, because like, then it's an opportunity to really connect and to, to figure out, um, well, every person, every person wants to be valued. Every person wants to understand how important they are to an organization and to feel that, especially from someone who is new um, or not even new, but just like maybe newly appointed. Um, they want their experience to not go unnoticed or to not be not underappreciated, but they want to make certain that they're, that you're aware that they've been a part of shaping your organization or whatever organization you're a part of uh, to being what it is at, to that point. Um, and so understanding how to value those people, um, and that just comes down to having conversations and listening, um, like really actively listening to what they're saying, not talking about your experiences there, like listening to them and then being like, 
Paul, that, that must have been really hard that you went through all of that and then you helped bring it to this. And then always coming back to the building of self-esteem, also shocking, um, to, to then allow them to feel more at ease. Um, another, another thing that I would suggest is, is that it's okay as you, as the new person or as a, in, in this new role, um, to be a bit vulnerable Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that there's a lot of honesty and a lot of respect that comes to you, um, should your people understand that you don't think that you know everything, um, and that you are asking for help and just saying like, you know what, these aren't my necessarily my skill sets, but I understand that they're yours. And so I was hoping maybe we could, you know, co-plan this training thing so that we can work together uh, to, to achieve what we need to achieve. Um, and then everybody gets even more knowledge. Um, and then still making it a co thing so that you understand what, what is being trained, uh, and have a bit of, not oversight, but a little bit of an understanding big picture. Um, but then being able to then making them feel so important that you as this new person is, is wanting and needing their expert opinion. Um, you also don't have to always have the right answers. Um, and so if someone else asks you a question and then seeking out those key people will make them feel so important. And, but then front loading the expectation that you are a team and that you are working together as a crew. Um, and then you're like, you know, like it would be great if we could all play on the same team. It would be great, you know, and I'll need your help here and you guys can be my, um, well, not even making it about you. You can be camps like super solid team, whatever, I don't know, some kind of cheesy name, but, uh, but, you know, building them and making them feel really important and then uh, allowing your own ego to not sort of get stepped on or to make, to, to, to let that get in the way. If, if it's a different opinion, that's, that's for later, you know, like if, if something needs to be changed or whatever, that's, that happens in a bit, but allowing in those moments, those people to really feel, um, uh, important enough and empowered enough uh, that you have their back, um, I think would be really helpful. Mm-hmm. And just praising, praising all of the knowledge that they have and what they've done. Uh, and like, and, and then specifically naming those things, I think, and saying like, you did this. And so that also shows that you've invested time in hearing about what they've accomplished or what they've done for your organization. And then, you know, all the little niceties that you should do to build people up as a director, in my opinion. Thanks, Matt. How about you, Gab? What advice do you have? Um, if you're if you're working within a, an organization where other people know more about you, I think this is something that we refer to back a lot, but we want to get on the same page um, and we want to have the shared vision or goal. And, and when you have that shared vision and goal, I, I think it really, really lessens anxiety. Um, and it also allows for when you're trying to make some tough decisions, um, the, the staff that you're working with understand why you're making those decisions and hopefully they're agreeing with those decisions. Um, when it comes to commu- connecting with people, uh, for me, I'm, I'm a big fan of small groups and if I can meet with a group of three or four people and, and really ask them what, um, the organization means to them and get them to tell me personal anecdotes of, you know, special moments and, and then even help them break it down. How did those special moments occur? How, how did how did people know to be welcoming on the first day when you arrived to camp? What kind of things do you think you know happened before that? And and really become a, an investigator. Um, but when you're doing that, 
it's going to allow you for in the future when you're trying to make some changes saying, remember when we talked about being really welcoming, these are the steps that I want to take so we can continue that or we can build on that. Um, and so you, I like what Matt said is you're really using your staff members as coworkers. Um, and then the other thing that I like to do is tell them that you don't know what you're doing. Um, you know, air, air the, you know, point the elephant in the room. Um, yeah. um, I love using humor um, and, and, you know, so kind of having this, you know, accumulative, uh, calculator of this staff member has seven years, this staff member has been here for 12 years, this person's been here for this amount of years, and I've been here for four days. He's like, <laughs> so I understand why maybe there be, might be some anxiety. Um, and it, yeah. it, it's possible. It's possible. Um, but this is what I'm bringing to the table. And this is my goal. And from speaking to many of you, this is this our shared goal is this. Um, and and just saying I'm going to make some mistakes, but I'm also here to be transparent when I do. I'm here to ask for help, but I'm also here to bring some outside experience. Um, I had this great um um, section head that I hired and she was a second year staff member and when she came in um, there was a big shift in our staff and and having a second year staff member being on leadership team was a little bit difficult for some staff members to accept and um, her staff let's I'll just put it in a lesser terms were being a bunch of poop heads and <laughs> she was doing everything to gain their trust but it was just it was difficult um, there was a, it was a difficult staff group and um, I helped her with some steps and I helped her with some techniques and that, but I, then I ended up telling her, you need to prove to them that you can do this job. And I know you can, but you need to show them, you know, you know what you're doing. And she kind of went in with that saying like, I do know what I'm doing. I was like, yeah, you're actually awesome. Um, um, and they're scared and that's why they're acting this way. So you don't need to be bossy. You don't need to be aggressive, but you need to be um, confident and it's really hard to tell somebody to be confident. It's like saying, you know, make sure your hair looks great in the morning. Come on. That's not, sometimes it just doesn't work. But, you know, if you, if you kind Easy. of, fake it, you know, fake until you make it and just, and be transparent, but say like, guys, I really got you. And my goal is I got you. That's my goal. Um, I think that's, that's very helpful, especially when you're in a new organization saying like, I'm here for you guys and I'm here for the company and I'm here for it to be successful. Um, uh, let's do this together. But uh, sometimes your hair just doesn't want to do what it wants to do. And it's really annoying. <laughs> so true. So true. Absolutely well, true. <laughs> well, cool. Well, y'all said a lot of the things that I was going to say. So to reiterate, uh, first on my list was fake it till you make it. Um, sometimes that is just what you have to do. And hand in hand with that goes uh, be willing to make mistakes and be willing to admit that you made mistakes um, because you will. Um, I recently was teaching a curriculum to my staff that I had never taught before, but really didn't have anybody else who stepped up and said, yeah, I want to teach this. And I was like, well, I think I can do it. And it's not going to be perfect. But there was a lot of opportunities for me to say, hey, what you guys just saw, what would you add? What would you share? So creating some of those spaces. Um, I think also asking your staff in these conversations, specifically asking them what have you, what has been done in training in the past that they really appreciated, and which of those traditions can you continue? Um, which of those traditions are you probably not going to continue? And I think being really honest about 
things that you're not going to change right away. Being able to say, I said that at Green River several times. I, I came into there with one year on staff, but not nearly the history that a lot of the staff there did. And I told them, like, there is so much culture and and story that is here that I don't want to touch because it's great. Mm-hmm. I just want to fix some of these other things that are not great that you all have shown me are not great and I've experienced are not great. Um, so that's what I want to work on. And as much as possible, I want to preserve what else is out there. And please feel free to call me out if you feel like some of those values are being compromised. Um, so I think helping everybody hold each other accountable to that, too. Um And my last little piece of advice on this one is just making it very clear that you are excited to be there and leading this team. And I really appreciate the piece about being vulnerable. Uh, I think it's really important for leaders to say that to their team. Like, I am excited to lead you because I think we maybe have all encountered some leaders that didn't really want to be in that leadership role and they kind of show it. And that doesn't happen as often at camp, I feel like, as in other industries, but Um, I think it's very powerful to say to your staff, I am so thrilled and humbled to be working with this crew and cannot wait to learn from you all and to work alongside you. I think those are really powerful words that will gain you a lot of credibility. Absolutely. And can I add, Ruby, that if the staff is new to us um, or we're new to that role, even though we've been at camp before, I think they also need to understand that we have a desire to help them become their best possible selves specifically by asking questions like, where do you want to go this summer? What do you want to learn? What do you need from me? I think remembering in those situations in our humility, as a number of you have said, it's our privilege to help them develop. And um, they may know more than we do about the specific camp when we get there, but it doesn't mean that we don't have something to teach them or help them grow. So asking the right questions before you get started will kind of help set you up for success in that area. And if I can continue um, with that, it's it's allowing them um, to have the uh, their voice, their voice, and it's their like when you have those conversations, always making it totally about them and not bringing in your own experience, wanting to connect, mm-hmm. but connecting with them from their voices' perspective, um, because you have a lot of great stories and a lot of great experiences that you can tell that I'm certain that would be exactly the same or funnier or the same amount of funny, whatever. But that's not in that moment, it's not appropriate because it's not about you. It's about gaining their trust. You make it all, all about them and using those skills of empathy and listening. And it's just so important, like as if they're the only person in that room in that moment that you are there listening to them. It's so funny you say that too, because I went on a hike with a couple of my former staff members and your experiences will come up as time goes by. And we were talking about bees and anaphylaxis. And one of my staff members, again, who I worked with for four years, looked at me and said, hey, have you ever actually dealt with this? And I was like, yeah, can I tell you that story? It was kind of crazy. And um, so know that the opportunity to share your experiences will come and how, again, impactful it is when it's the staff that are kind of taking the reins and saying, hey, I want to hear more about this from you that shows that you've really set up a a good relationship there. Yes. Cool. 
Hey, well, let's move on to our next uh, question, which is what do you consider must do's when training employees who have greater skills in certain areas than you do? So I think about this as a camp director, maybe you have zero waterfront skills, but you're in charge of lifeguards or um, you don't know anything about horseback riding, but you have an equestrian program. Um, maybe you have a tripping program. And I think we may end up doing another podcast a little bit later on this season about kind of training staff who you send out and away from camp to kind of to your satellite sites and talk about how that's different. But for now, just let's talk about what are some best practices when you're training those staff who just have skills that you don't have. Uh, so let's start with you, Beth. Well, this happened to me every single summer <laughs> uh, that I ha- hired people who had uh, better skills in certain areas than I did. And again, one person can't be the most qualified person in absolutely everything. So we want to hire people who are more qualified and experienced than we are in those areas where we lack expertise or in the areas we do have expertise, but we simply don't have time to teach because we have all these other director responsibilities. Um, So what do we do when somebody knows more than we do about a program or about some sort of camp initiative? So for me, once again, we've talked about it over and over again, we're developing that relationship and understanding how the role of that staff person fits into the greater picture of camp. That's our job as directors or supervisors, and then getting out of the way and letting them do their job based on their unique knowledge. So we add value to them by enabling things to happen, not by doing the work for them or micromanaging them, especially when that staff member is far more qualified than we are. So a big part for me of enabling things to happen when we're not that expert involves knowing when to leave things alone and knowing when to intervene. And this isn't easy because we have a broad array of responsibilities as camp directors or leadership team members, and we have to be able to sort of almost tell at a glance when things are working well or not. So I think that that kind of comes with experience and again, building that relationship. So we should be aware of the responsibilities that their job entails and you know what the risks are and the major insurance or safety or health issues, make sure they've been taken care of or that transportation's been booked, we're checking to make sure that's happened or they've booked safety courses or whatever is required. But then just get back to building that relationship again, being transparent, showing that we trust their abilities, listening to their suggestions and helping them implement those. And then making sure that we build in those regular catch up times with them where we can find out how things are going. Um, Because especially if they're offsite uh, experts like trippers, um, as we know, the summer just gets going and, and things pass us by and then all of a sudden it's like you know, the first of August and we haven't checked in with our tripper. Um, so make sure we book those in and, and find out where we can help or get them what they need to be successful in their jobs. So as camp directors, we have to practice seeing that big picture, not mastering all the little details. And much of our, our value comes from that ability to see the big picture better than other people around us. So always thought of it as my staff members were those heads down, deep in concentration, plotting the detailed course on a map kind of people. And that I had to be the heads up, looking around, noticing what's going on with all of my people person. Um, So it's not their job to see how their program is affecting all other parts of camp necessarily, it's ours. So having that kind of perspective, that makes a difference. um, And that's the value that we can bring to those situations. Um, I also think that we need to project confidence in our staff and their abilities and not have all the facts and the answers of our, ourselves. 
Um, our role as a leader then is to bring out the best in other people, even when they know more than we do. So learning is a two-way street and um, letting your staff know that you want to learn from them and be deliberate about creating opportunities to make that happen. Um, I don't think you need to become an expert in every area of camp, but you do need to know enough about the details to know if there are problems. Um, so maybe shadowing those team members for a day or even a couple of hours and asking lots of really valuable questions. What worries them? What gets them stuck? How they could use help? Same sorts of things uh, as we talked about earlier. Um, but it's really motivating for those staff members to be able to show us their skill and share their ideas with the program um, and teach us something. And then just kind of give them room and get out of the way. Um, be there for them. Appreciate their time. We talked about transparency, um, which obviously is just a for sure. Um, and then strengthening their abilities, um, you know, making sure that that they are learning all that they can. I think that's important and supporting their growth. Um, we want to make sure that all of our staff feel they're making a contribution and growing in their fields. So asking questions like how can camp help you do what you do and help you grow and achieve your goals? I think that then... Um, that comes back really tenfold. So we need to appreciate them and encourage their dedication and their time. Um, and then we can shape the future of camp, but also the future of these people as they grow up. So that's what I would do. Love it. Like a pro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to hand it over to Matt now. Matt, what advice do you have for folks on, on this question? Um, well, very like quite similarly as well to what Beth was saying. Um, but I think the first, your first job in as their director is to make those people look amazing. You know, like this is why, this is why you've hired these people. This is what camp is all about. It's not about you going to run, you know, the best craft because like you're not the most passionate about crafts perhaps at this point or the best dance session or the best adventure programming session. It's the people who are reading all of the stuff in that moment, right then and there, who are most relevant, um, perhaps. And so using that opportunity to allow them uh, to shine, I think is awesome. And being able to set them up for that kind of success and like sort of name drop while you're having other conversations with other people and just being like, oh, oh you're having that issue. You know who knows a ton? And I, I would rely, <laughs> you know, all of my, you know, I would go to this person immediately or... I've heard that every person goes to this person immediately. You just totally talk up the people who they need information from. And I think it's all about being able to allow them to showcase their ability uh, in some kind of profound way that maybe isn't just at training or like maybe at like an opening day meeting you have, <laughs> if there's ever time, but uh, you, you have them to be like, you know, time with taps today or um, share you know, like this person is going to share this really great tidbit uh, of information and then they have an opportunity to, you know, talk about their passions. Another, another really cool way to empower I have found is um, at the end of like a resource training or like a senior staff training is to allow them to train each other as to what they're doing in their own areas and just say, like, saying, like, this is what's going to happen in Waterfront this year, this is what's going to happen on trips, this is what's going to happen out there, and then they just share with each other while you sit back in the background taking notes and being like, okay, so when we have our one-on-one, -on -one, we're going to talk about these big goals because if you're going to share this with your peers, that means you're excited about it. 
So then you're allowing um, that kind of empowerment to happen and then that kind of excitement as well, because often some of your staff don't really necessarily know what's going on within each of their own expert areas. They know generally that people have good moments and whatever, but uh, perhaps they don't necessarily know what they're wanting to train them or where their passions lie or, you know, some really cool craft that that maybe the resource team wants to do together. Who knows? Um, But allowing for those opportunities to happen as well and helping to facilitate that, I think, is really important. And, you know, we hire people that are experts in their area. That's our job. Uh, in my opinion, as a camp director, is to empower people to do what they love. And then you figuring out how to make all of that work. And, you know, like not taking over their roles. Like, no, of course, there's like, there's like a limit to what, you know, it's not like free reign. <laughs> and like camp crazy or <laughs> whatever. But, you know, like there's a, there's a line. However, that's your job to navigate. That's your job to sort of play around with. And it's your job to be able to keep people on that same path, which means that you are constantly checking in, that you are consistently keeping them accountable to their own wants, to their own goals, to what you and them have worked out as to what the expectations are of that program so that everybody can be successful. So, you know, that that servant leadership, you know, I, I fully believe in this concept of servant leadership. Or it's, it's like human training, really. It's that you, if you, you are always serving other people. And so as your direct, as a director, you are serving them so that they can best serve uh, their, their campers or their people. And so it's really important that you, you actually act that way. And then it's your job to be there for them, in, in my opinion. Um, the other thing that I think is really helpful, well, two more, two more things, sorry, I'll be really quick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I talk a lot. Shocking. Um, uh, is educating everyone, especially your senior most staff, about what big picture actually is. And they'll never fully understand what it is because they're not living the job as a, of a director. But as they get older and older, allowing them the opportunity to understand why you make decisions the way you do or what it is that you have to consider as a director before making specific decisions or like if that got turned down, here's, here's why. But like, you know, and in those moments, people aren't necessarily going to be open to hearing why, because they're going to be frustrated that their ideas got shut down. But at the same time, educating about big picture and what you have to consider and what that decision could ripple out to, to doing somewhere else, um, them understanding that thinking and then being brought in a little bit into like the, the club of directing perhaps, um, it's helpful, especially for those people that you need on your team, um, so that it's not you against them. Like it's allowing them to understand what it is that you do as well, and not fully because you don't. That's it's not their job to cater to your needs, but um, but them to understand the kind of decision and responsibility you have, and what camp needs, um, all at all, all at once. Because often that's really tough thinking to understand. And I can remember my first couple years of directing, it's like, that's not big picture. <laughs> I heard that over and over again. That's not big picture thinking. You need to think big picture. And I was like, okay, well, like, what is big picture? Ah. <laughs> but then as you start direct more and more, you really fully understand that scope of what it all looks like, um, which is really helpful for your senior most staff, I find. And these people that are empowered to teach. 
And then the last thing is collaboration and allowing for time and opportunity for your staff of different expertise to collaborate with each other because perhaps you have multi-talented staff who can do lots of different things and they all everyone has opinions about what other people should be doing instead of just doing their own stuff and they're always you know part though they would never say they were judgmental but they're always just like well if I was doing that role that this is what I would do so a lot of time to talk about that because some great ideas can happen through a collaboration session so you get four different people from four different areas around each person has like a here's this is a trouble this is a, a problem I'm having this week or whatever and then like you act as a mastermind crew uh, to solve that issue or like to be like here's a cool idea that I've had for waterfront and it's a it's just a, a really neat opportunity for them to you know share their knowledge and again showcase themselves anyway I'm going to stop I'm going to stop <laughs> I could talk <laughs> it's so good it's so good uh, though Anyway, that, that's, those were my <laughs> an, initial 17 points. Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Thanks, Matt. I'm going to hand it over to Gab. Um, I'm, I was very excited when we came up with this topic. Um, so I've alluded in the past that uh, I have a, a sprinkle of dyslexia and a, and a tinge of ADD. Um, just, a, just a little whiff of both of those. But um, when I when I started in in actually actually when I started as I remember as um, head of kayaking um, organization. In the moment, I can really I can run things well. But just even doing you know checking the 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 attendance, I w- I couldn't do. Um, and so. Uh, at that time, there wasn't an assistant, so I always nominated sort of like a 17-year-old or a 16-year-old being like, oh, can you do the attendance? I have bigger and better things to do, um, <laughs> which was what, like, look at the kayaks. But anyways, um, so so for for a big period of my younger camp career, I was hiding that I couldn't do a lot of these things, um, and I was always finding sneaky ways of trying to get those things to be done and people helping me, which caused a lot of anxiety. And it also caused um, a little bit of distrust in some of my staff members when I would arrive late to things or when I forgot stuff or I didn't read through the notes properly, et cetera. It sort of came across as I didn't care, which was the, of course, complete opposite. I, I really did care. And I was really stressed that I was dropping the ball left, right, you know, center, which I was. Um, and so then then I just started to become a little bit more confident myself and, and just became a little bit more transparent and said, Hey, like I, I, I actually can't read notes. Um, I need somebody to read them to me. Um, I, I can't follow a schedule, but I really think it's important that it's written up on a board and can somebody help me with that? And so, you know, you know, as, um, as I became a little bit older, became a little bit more confident, I was way more transparent with, with my needs. And, um, even so last year, I remember I was in the office and, there was an email that came through that I knew I needed to answer right away. And all of my leadership team members were doing something. Um, they were all very busy. And I looked outside and there was this sort of 17 year old staff that member that was walking by. And I was like, Hey, Catherine, come here. She like came over. I was like, okay, read this email to me. And she was like, Oh, okay. So she sat down, she read the email and I was like, okay, write, write a response, but like be firm, but kind. And she was like, Oh, Okay. So, and I could tell she was the type of person that could write a great email. Like you, you know, you, if you're dyslexic, you can pick up on the people that are good at reading and writing. It's a sixth sense and you need it. Um, so that you helps you get through the world. And, 
And so she just, and she was brilliant at it. And I used her like three or four more times throughout the summer. I was like, this kid knows what she's doing. Um, I honestly don't, and this is my other point. A lot of my, of course, friends are camp directors and they are, and and I like, you know, Beth saying, you know, you you can't be the expert at all of everything. (laughs) In my opinion, a lot of camp directors are really good at a lot of stuff. I have Mm -hmm. such skilled friends that can be animated in front of a crowd that can, um, you know, read and write really, really well and respond to emails, you know, you know, balance a book check, like, um, come up with great programs I'm like these people are superheroes and I feel actually very grateful that there's a huge part of me that I desperately need the support of other staff members and I actually can't function without um that assistance and it's allowed me to have that um always 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 um you know put forward that I'm vulnerable I have no choice because when I hide it Um, that's when things start to go poorly. That's when trust starts to fall, you know, through the cracks. And it's how I find these amazing staff members and their skills because they have no choice but to kind of step up to the plate because I can't do it. That's the, that's the honest truth. I can't do it. And when I go to conferences, um, you know, so Beth and Ruby come to conferences with me and sometimes I'm like just walking around and Beth's like, do you know where you're supposed to be right now? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> where am I going? It's just like, you're going to this session. I was like, great, great, great. And then Beth will be like, that's not the way. It's the other way. I'm like, perfect. Um, trust me with your children, parents, if you're listening. No problem. I've got this. But the, the, the thing is, is that, is that when, we're, when I'm sitting with these staff members, they're going through my thought process. They're understanding why I'm thinking about things. They see why I, everything is done with intention. Um, but I have to use them. And because I have to, um, that creates for me such a stronger team of people that I work with. And if I didn't have to use them, I don't think I would have that benefit. So my, mm-hmm. my message out to camp directors that, that are actually quite good at doing most of their job is to grab that 17-year-old um, grab that 18-year-old, get them to write the schedule, say, like, does this make sense to you? Um, get them to take the notes. Th- this is this is by far one of the best ways that I've connected uh, to my staff. And another thing, one of one of my um, longtime staff members that worked with me, Claude Z, uh, ended up working for, for the city doing program event planning. And she, she went in as an intern, and they had a bunch of tasks to do that day. And she did those tasks. Um, she, there was like four or five other interns. She did those tasks and then she did some couple of other things and then she presented it to her boss and it was, you know, within half the time of what they had allotted for her to do it. And then she said, oh, and then I booked this and this and this and these are the hotels that if you want to, if people want to use. And she did this whole thing and he was like, how do you know how to think so far ahead? And she wrote me a message saying, she was just like, I am so much better than everybody else <laughs> at this job. And she's like, don't take this the wrong way, but it's because you don't know how to do half of this. And I really had to do it for you. And um, she was like, your trust in me really, really, really helped. Um, the thing is, I do know the big picture. I do know what success looks like. I, I do know what, um, how to be safe and how to uh, run skilled programs. But I, we need to use our staff beyond our own skill set we need to let them to do our own skill set so if you're great on stage guess what you, you shouldn't be on stage mm-hmm. um you need to allow 
make yourself a, a, like a special surprise person that shows up on stage and let them go on stage. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, is that staff members that look at directors think that they can do it all. It, it really knocks them down. They, it's, a, it's a bar that they can never reach. And so remind them that you're 10, 15 years older than they are or that you've been doing this for, you know, you've been privileged to go to a lot of conferences or show that these are the things I can't do, you can do. But a lot, a lot of times somebody would tell me saying like, how do you know all this stuff? And I was like, yeah, I have like 17 years ahead of you. I was like, trust me, you know, you'll, you'll, get, there. you'll get there. You will be as wise as me someday. Yes, you will. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why are you guys laughing? Because <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, for those those directors that are awesome, um, you know, pretend you're a little dyslexic, pretend you're a little scattered, and let other people help you out with that because it's been the best tool building piece that I've I've come across. Can I say one thing too? Yeah. Oh my goodness, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, I, and that and also, like, when, when you, as the director, ask for help, and, like, often you're helping them all of the time, and now this is one way they can, like, help you back. And, like, then they feel, like, even more empowered, and they're like, oh, well, what else can I do? And then they just turn into even better staff members. It's so true. It's such a beautiful thing that you just said. It's so true. Anyway, sorry. That was smart. No, it's great. It's great. That was smart. <laughs> well, I want to tack on two specific tools to utilize. Um, one is, I believe, I don't know the the original origin of this activity, but it came to me in the camp world via director's camp and some friends that had gone to that. Um, and it's the 60 second seminar. And so it's an opportunity for um, every staff member, we set it up this past summer at Green River that every staff member before the end of, of training had to deliver a 60 second seminar. And so they could do it in front of everybody or they could do it in front of only two people. It was up to them to decide their audience size and, and who they felt like it was applicable to. And it could be on anything, anything that you have expertise on. And we had uh, 60 second seminars on Muhammad Ali and we had 60 second seminars on um, social justice. And it was just really cool. The topics that happened and gave everybody an opportunity to practice teaching. I think setting up that as an expectation during staff training that you will all at some point practice teaching um, that that's a really smart thing to do so set up 60 second seminars we've done them at our uh, epic retreats the last two years and i always learn a lot from that too so i can't recommend them enough um, and then the other one is a Michael Brandwine book. I know we've probably referenced it before, but Super Staff Supervision has some fantastic tips and very specific ways to provide staff with feedback. So when you're approaching that staff member who maybe knows everything there is to know about primitive skills, but isn't delivering it super well, he has a really good way, a delicate way to approach that where it doesn't feel like you're saying you're doing it wrong because then they're like, well, no, but I'm an expert at this. And it's like, yeah, well, but I'm the expert in delivering this to children. So uh, <laughs> that could be an uncomfortable conversation. I just remember reading how he put it and I, and I, it's been long enough that I would not do it justice by trying to to spout it out here but uh it's a great resource and i really really can't recommend it enough cool well hey we have gotten to the point in the show when we get to recap so gab tell us what we learned today like recap time it's recap time <laughs> recap time I'm, tr- I'm trying out like maybe we'll have a theme song i don't know okay. um, <laughs> <laughs> i'll choreograph dancing perfect so i just this is another point so 
um, because of my ADD, one of the things that we came up with was recap time. So it makes me have pressure to listen because I know I have to recap. See, <laughs> look, and that's a good thing that came, well, maybe some people think it's a good thing came out of it. Maybe some people it's don't like it. But either way. Perfect. Thanks, team, for supporting me. Okay, so okay. these are mostly sound bites um, from our podcast today. So um, one of my favorites is we got to let the ego, so no ego, um, let staff members that they're know that you're excited to be there. Um, what has been done in the past, everybody wants to be valued. Um, my favorite from Beth was, uh, you can't know everything ever. Um, <laughs> fake it until you make it. Co-plan and mis mistakes. Provide food. That's also always important in building community. Um, let them teach you and make sure we have a shared goal. Micro micromanagement isn't the best way um, to help super staff. Uh, um, assess at a glance. Know what's successful. Know when you need to intervene. I want to learn from you. Um, be dyslexic and ADD. Uh, shadow staff <laughs> members. Um, make your staff look amazing. Let them showcase their abilities. 60-second seminars. And let's check out um, super staff supervision. And that's a recap for today. Thanks, yeah. 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 Love it. So, so good. good. Well, if you would like to get involved with our podcast, you can use the hashtag camp code and tell us what topics you'd like for us to discuss, any guests that you'd recommend that we talk to, any great leadership training tips that you have to share. We'd love to hear from you because this industry is all about sharing. It's what makes it so great. Also, if you have found this podcast to be useful, please leave us a rating and review. Uh, you can do that in iTunes or in your podcast app. Uh, for iTunes, you can do that at camphacker.tv slash cc underscore iTunes, or you can get an auto-generated tweet uh, and tweet your love of the show by going to camphacker.tv slash love. And your feedback really helps us. So please, please take a moment to do that. We really appreciate it. And speaking of feedback, if you want to get in touch with any of us, we want to let you know how. So we'll start with Beth. Great. If you want to email me directly, you can email me at beth at gocamp.pro or check us out at gocamp.pro. And uh, you can find me using the hashtag camp hacker. Sweet. Match. Um, you can reach me on my personal email. at chantelcjackson at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, that's about, that's about what we can do at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Gab. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter, Gabrielle Rail, or same handle on Instagram, or you can check out where I work at waro.com. Sweet. And you can reach me at rubylin85 at gmail.com or on Instagram at rubyoutdoors. <laughs> so Beth is going to tell us a little bit about what's coming up on our next podcast. For our next podcast, I highly recommend you find a very comfortable place, perhaps pack a lunch, uh, because I have suspicions this will not be a short one. Um, but we're going to be talking about creating an inclusive camp community. Oh, I have a feeling we're all going to have something to say about that. <laughs> no, Match is already like, um, can I come back? Can I, listen? <laughs> I, I just want to be with you people. <laughs> awesome. Well, our final segment on each podcast is a best practice for leadership training. And we would love to hear some of your memorable moments and most effective tips. You can tell us what they are using that hashtag camp code. And today Beth has our best practice. So during staff training, Spring orientation is even better if you do that before the summertime training begins. But the very first time that you're all together, why not ask your staff um, to create a list for you? 
So each person's going to create their own list of things I can teach. So things that they themselves can teach. And you can get really creative with how these are displayed. So you can bring in like small dead trees um, and plant them <laughs> in a pot so that you'll be able to add leaves to each of the branches. And these leaves, you can cut out of construction paper and tie them to the branches or have your staff create their own little trees or little plants or flowers, whatever you want to do to show growth creatively and in a campy fashion, of course. And make sure everybody's name goes beside each of those things I can teach. So if we were doing it on leaves, it would be I can teach this and it would say Beth on it. Um, but have them put those aside and then ask them to write in their journals a list of things that they want to learn. So big or small, hard skill, soft skill, whatever it is. And when they're all done, why not put them in small groups to be able to show off and to share some of the things that they have written on those I can teach leaves or whatever you're doing. Um, and as they share them in their small groups, ask them to take note of things that people can teach. Ask them to add anything to their list in their journals of things that they want to learn as they discover what their fellow staff members can teach. And then end that with a really large group discussion and debrief about what they learned in that exercise. So, of course, you're promoting that culture of learning and growth and of sharing that everyone has gifts and talents to teach and to be proud of and of bringing out some of those hidden and maybe really unique talents and setting up your team with excitement about all the things that they can learn this summer. The other thing I would do is have those trees on display, leave them out, whether it's in this uh, dining hall or staff lounge or whatever you want to do throughout this summer so that staff can continue to see them and see who has something really interesting to teach them. And because their name is on that leaf, they can go and ask that person and say, hey, can we set a time when you can teach me how to do that? Um, I just think it's a great way to be able to continue to promote that growth and development at camp. Love it. That's a really cool idea. Well, hey, thanks for listening. And remember, you can join us on the hashtag Camp Code. Please remember, no other industry shares its best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea heard on a Camp Hacker podcast, please be professional and give credit where credit is due. The Camp Code is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for the listening, friends. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.